Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 in the morning Pacific time, 7.40 Mountain time, 8.40 Central time, and 9.40 Eastern time. If you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts by putting in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, and either TR90 or Solutions, the Digit 4 Anti-Aging, all uh, scrunched together. If you're listening to this and it's a podcast, you can pick us up live at 712-775-8972. And when it prompts for the code, put in 910022, and we would be thrilled to have you with us. With that being said, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. I come to you with an education background, but a huge interest in health and nutrition and exercise. And so I've been part of doing these calls for well more than six, probably seven years now. And um, just to remind you, when you're first starting out with that TR90 program, it is that good clean lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals, taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal, if at all possible. If it's not possible to do that, do take them with your meals. They'll still work. It's just not quite as efficient as it would be otherwise. Making sure to get 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables, which will give you macronutrients, micronutrients, and fiber. And the closer you can get those fruits and vegetables to their sources, um, in other words, minimally processed, um, the better it is for your digestive health. And that fiber really does help with digestive health and your digestive tract. Guys should be getting about 45 grams of fiber daily. Ladies should be getting about 32 grams of fiber daily to really be in good shape. Also, making sure to stay well hydrated. As we heard Frank telling us yesterday that, you know, if you're going on a long walk, make sure you're packing your water with you. So... The current thinking is about one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking about 50 ounces of water daily. And um, it does a multitude of things. It helps clear out toxins. It um, keeps you hydrated, helps you to keep from overeating. Um, One of my tricks is that if I think I'm hungry, I like to drink maybe four to six ounces of water, wait a few minutes, see if it's really hungry setting in and take an assessment for my pause and break to think, hey, when was the last meal I had and is it time to be eating again? Because on this program, when you're first starting out, it seems like you're eating all the time and it's a lot of food. And once you get into it, sometimes, you know, you kind of forget. You get busy and you forget that it's a meal time. Making sure to get seven to nine hours of good quality rest tonight. That is something that really helps set your brain up for making good decisions the next day, clears out toxins. Uh, Your body does a whole series of system resets while you're sleeping. 
it stores memories and um, really puts you in a good frame of mind for making good plans and helping you to stay on track. With that being said, I am always looking for additional information to share with you that will help support our Tier 90 lifestyle. And today I am sharing some information out of a book that is called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity and Disease. It was written by Robert H. Lustig, MD, MSL. And um, I've been getting into a little bit of why um, gluttony and sloth might are actually behaviors driven by hormones. And we talked a little bit yesterday, or Tuesday about um, the ventromedial hypothalamus and the energy balance. And today we're jumping into leptin and the elusive holy grail of obesity. Just to give you a little bit of a synopsis of where we're at. Um, also, 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week is also a good thing to make sure that you're including into your lifestyle change. When the hormone leptin, from the Greek word leptos for thin, was discovered in 1994 for the first time, scientists thought that obesity might have a biochemical basis. Leptin has been a veritable godsend to scientists who study obesity. It provided the starting point to understanding the biochemistry of the brain pathways that control food intake and the impetus for scientists and the National Institutes of Health to believe that there was a simple way out of this mess, one that could easily be treated with medicine and science. The U.S. government began and continues today to shovel money at obesity research hoping for a treatment that works. Conversely, leptin has been the biggest disappointment to those who suffer from obesity. And woe to the pharmaceutical industry which hoped to harness its potential for a cure and generate megabucks in the process. The pharmaceutical company Amgen was so enamored of Leptin's blockbuster marketing potential that it offered $30 million for the exclusive marketing rights to the hormone, even before a human experiment had been performed. Amgen has since become so disillusioned that it has farmed Leptin out to another company, Amelin Pharmaceuticals, to see if it will have better luck. Leptin is a protein made and released by fat cells. It circulates in the bloodstream. It goes to the hypothalamus, signals the hypothalamus that you've got enough energy stored up in your body, in your fat. The discovery of leptin closed the loop, providing a servo mechanism, like your home thermostat, in which the body's fat cells told the hypothalamus which, whether the animal was in energy surplus, obesity, or dearth, starvation. Obese animals and humans deficit in leptin respond immediately to leptin treatment with remarkable losses of fat, also with the increased activity. Leptin replacement corrected both behaviors. 
the gluttony, and the sloth. The thought was, if you're obese, then your leptin doesn't work. You must be deficient, and you just need more. Problem solved, right? Unfortunately, for those obese, for the obese population, this simple-minded exclamation was just that. So defective leptin signaling, brain starvation. When the uh, VMH or that uh, ventral medial hypothalamus is constantly looking for the leptin signal, in the short term, hormonal inputs can govern the size or the quality of this meal or that, and the long-term but the long term is it's all about leptin. Leptin tells the VMH that you have enough energy on board to burn the excess. Feel good, reduce your long term food intake, and remain weight stable. When your leptin signal works, you're in energy balance and burning energy at a normal rate and feeling good. Every human has a personal leptin threshold above which the brain interprets a state of energy sufficiency. Thus, the leptin replete state is characterized by the appropriate appetite, normal physical activity, and feelings of well-being. Woe to the 97-pound weakling who can't bulk up and gain weight. His leptin threshold is set too low, and his leptin is telling his brain to burn off the excess. But what if leptin doesn't work or the threshold is set too high? When the VMH can't see the leptin signal, the brain interprets this as starvation and it will direct the rest of the body to do whatever it can to increase its energy stores. The VMH relays messages to the sympathetic nervous system to conserve energy and to reduce activity. Energy expenditure is reduced by 20%, a great reason to feel like a sloth. Furthermore, the VMH wants the body to increase energy storage. It will increase the firing of the vagus nerve in order to amplify insulin release from the pancreas and shunt more energy into fat cells with the ultimate goal of making more leptin. The vagus makes you hungry in order that you store more energy, which is your gluttony side of this. Simply put, defective leptin signaling in the VMH is what the brain brain starvation is all about. This phenomenon occurs in two ways. The first one is a leptin, leptin deficiency. Dr. Jeff Friedman of Rockefeller University is credited with cloning the leptin gene from the leptin-deficient mice, which are the rodent equivalents of a 400-pound couch potato. While normal weight at birth, these mice immediately eat like there's no tomorrow and just sit there. The only time they ever get off their behinds is if you put food on the other side of the cage. Then they'll waddle over to it, devour it, and sit there instead. These mice are deficient in leptin due to a genetic mutation. Their behaviors of gluttony and sloth are genetically determined. Their brain can't see their fat and in turn thinks the body is starving. 
Friedman's lab also showed that giving these mice back the leptin they were missing by daily injection reduced their food intake and increased their physical activity back to normal levels. They lost the weight, not only that, but all of the physiological problems associated with their obesity, the diabetes, the lipid problems, and early death from heart disease all disappeared. This made leptin look, for all intents and purposes, like the holy grail of obesity. If leptin deficiency is the cause of this pandemic, we could simply replace it, and all of the unfortunate souls afflicted could be saved. Thus far, 14 children with mutations of the leptin gene have been identified in the entire world. These children cannot make leptin no matter how big their fat cells are, and their brains are in constant starvation mode. Amazingly, with a shot of leptin every day, they lose weight rapidly, and it's all fat, no muscle. They stop their ravenous behavior, start moving, and their puberty goes into gear. For these patients, leptin is a hormone replacement therapy. There is not a cure, and it's, but it's the next, be, next best thing. Next, we have leptin resistance. This is the key to the obesity epidemic. With a few rare exceptions, the other 1.5 billion overweight or obese people on the planet suffer from this. Deciphering leptin resistance is the holy grail of obesity. These people have plenty of leptin, and each one's blood leptin level correlates with his or her amount of body fat. This suggests that obese people are not leptin deficient, but rather leptin resistant. They're hypothalami, can't see their leptin, so their brains think they're starving, and will therefore try to increase energy storage with gluttony and conserve energy usage sloth. In 1999, Stephen Hemsfield at the Columbia University gave daily injections of leptin at varying doses to obese adults for six months. All of these people had high leptin levels to start. The degree of weight loss, even with the highest dosage of leptin, was underwhelming. Clearly, these obese people were leptin-resistant. They couldn't respond to their own leptin, and no amount of extra leptin was going to make a difference. Hemsfield study was the end of a promise of leptin as a standalone therapy for obesity and the end of Amgen's interest. And I'll stop there, and on Monday I'll probably pick up with the hypothalamic obesity behavior or biochemistry. I'm going to take us off mute so that we can scoot over to Facebook One Team Global Live at the top of the hour, which is in about four minutes. Uh, one of our leaders will be sharing information on how to build a new skin business. With that, I'm going to take us off mute so we can say goodbye to each other, and I welcome any thoughts or comments that you may have. And we'll have Miss Victoria up tomorrow with one of her wonderful meditations. Oh, thank you. Okay, got to promote you, girl. <laughs> thank you. I've already got my my folders out. I've got to pick up one because we're going out to an, a Christmas event tonight, so I want to have everything set up for tomorrow. <laughs> so, I know how yeah. that goes. It's called 
It's like the Boy Scouts. Be prepared. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to forget. <laughs> no, I've got it all set up. Anyway. Well, listen, you have a great day. No no photo shoots. You're going to just be out on the playground, right? I'm going to be out on the playground, um, although there may be a photo shoot this weekend because my friend was saying, oh, well, we want to go do this, and I think I grounded some stuff up so that we can actually do the photo shoot, but I hope she likes what I'm going to show up in because that's what she's getting. (laughs) I'm sure it'll be just absolutely lovely. It's just, you know... What I think she wants and what she wants sometimes are two different things. So I'm upping my ante here. <laughs> well, I know. Have a great day. Go on. Too. Okay. Bye. Bye bye.